We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I went in there, I about threw up. I right? have a little bit more social awareness. That's to take a piss, don't take a shit in the porta potties. All right. Welcome to a very special post-game edition of the Butting Heads podcast. Proud part of, oh, oh, almost played a probably not royalty-free music there. Uh, I'm, uh, whoops, thanks iTunes. God, it's it's 11.30 here on the East Coast. I'm Steve Ribeiro, recording here with Johnny Gomez over on the West Coast. About to talk about a just incredibly unmemorable Monday night football bout between the Rams and the Packers. Johnny, there are lots of primetime games we've covered in our, what is this, uh, five seasons during the podcast. This was not one of them. Yeah. uh, Usually primetime games are something to be excited about. Something to look forward to, because especially I, I recall those days when, you know, it was really hard to watch a Ram game, you know, them being in St. Louis. So I looked forward to primetime games and there were seasons without primetime games because they were that terrible. And now I'm seeing primetime games and they're just awful. And I'm like, maybe there was a reason why the Rams didn't play primetime games uh, when they were terrible, because I, I don't imagine even if you're a Packer fan that you enjoyed watching this game. It was boring. Well, they certainly enjoyed it more than us, I'm sure. But oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, um, just so boring. If a couple moments of some excitement, and we could talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about some stuff that happened in this game, but just another slow. I don't know. This is the Rams, I think, fifth consecutive loss in Green Bay. And they're... Hang on, I'm doing doing math. These are always the best parts of the podcast. This is their eighth loss out of their last nine matchups with the Packers, dating back to 2006. That's great. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, um... Makes sense, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Third straight loss for McVay against Matt LaFleur. He does have a win over him, though, from 2018. Was LaFleur the coach in 2018, actually? Maybe he doesn't. Uh, That might have been McCarthy. It might have been McCarthy, I think. Anywho, we'll, we'll live in the present here and talk about... This game, a a twenty four to twelve loss for the Rams and and Johnny. I think 
we're about to have the podcast I think we expected to have with until like the 10 minute mark of last week's game. You know, for a brief moment, we forgot that this is not a good football team with a lot of issues because Baker Mayfield delivered one of the most just outrageous fourth quarters in the history of the NFL. And this week, we, you know, we had a, had a little moment of magic that, you know, seemed like it might lead to another, another nice little run there. We, um, we had the punt touchdown drive. We got him to, we got him to punt quickly. Uh, then unfortunately Baker throws a bad interception. Even after that, we, we get a turnover right away. We punt it quickly and they have a nine minute, 15 play drive to just end the game. So there was no magic here tonight. How, how are you feeling after this loss? I mean, it's that much closer to the Rams getting Bajorn Robinson. <laughs> I, I, you know, Blared. he did. He, he's officially going to be in the NFL draft. So, uh, I imagine they'd have to trade into the first round. I don't think there's any universe where he drops into the second round. I agree. Um, and it's probably a, a topic for April, but um, yeah. no, if you, they're going to be picking in the thirties it, it for their first pick. It's just going to, we'll see how the last couple games go. I mean, as insane as it sounds, coming off their seventh loss in eight games, they're probably going to win next week. So, like, we'll see how many more games they win. But, I mean, if they're picking in the high 30s in the second round, it really it just depends on how much teams are prioritizing running backs this day in age. History, recent history tells us they're not. If he's there in the 20, you can trade up for him. You have the ammunition. But it just depends if he gets there. But yeah, he's not going to make the second round. No, no way. Um. So <laughs> I don't even know where, like, where to start with this game. It's hard to pick out what things to talk about because uh, I believe we are now officially eliminated from the playoffs after this. It took a while. <laughs> uh, we somehow survived last week. That that's out the window now. Although it's it's been out the window for a while, but. Just run through the <laughs> oh my god! You're gonna run through the box score quick here. This will be fun. Rams had 13 first downs in this game. The Packers had 27. Uh, they ran 43 total plays. The Packers ran 68. The time possession battle was won by the Packers, 37 minutes to 22 minutes, give or take some seconds on that. I did not round up, or I actually uh, rounded incorrectly for the Rams. You can call it 30, 23 minutes if you want, whatever. Um, total yards, the Rams had 156, the Packers had 345, <laughs> Rams averaged 3.6 yards per play, Packers averaged 5.1, uh, Packers had 207 yards through the air, 138 on the ground, Rams had 84 passing yards through the air, um, which accounts for sacks, so Baker's numbers will be a little higher than that. And 72 yards on the ground. Rams had eight penalties, resulted in 76 yards. Packers had four of them that resulted in 80. Rams won the turnover battle. Packers had two turnovers in this game. Rams only had one. Um, So, I mean, that tells you the story. This was a 12-point game that probably should have been even more lopsided than the score tells us. Yeah, uh... This was so such a weird game because if you watch the game, there was absolutely nothing to really go by in terms of how how this how this team could actually have any sort of positivity to it. Because one moment they'll do something that, okay, you know, they, I can see them getting on a roll here. And then the next minute they're just going to blow it with something stupid like a unnecessary penalty or just downright stupid playing football. So um, it, it's hard to even generate 
some sort of, uh, you know, moral victory or some type of generic excitement because it was just an all around terrible game from the offense, lackluster offense, I should say, to even poor special teams play. Um, and the defense who couldn't really stop much of anything, uh, though they did, like you mentioned, get a few turnovers. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, not a, not a horrible game from the defense, but certainly not a good game. And, you know, I'll give them some credit in the fact that they look like they were trying, um, which there were a lot of games during that losing streak where they did not look like they were trying. So, I mean, Baker's at least given them some level of let's go out there and try to win games. But they're just bad. <laughs> uh, they're just really bad right now. And I will say, too, like, there are things I saw in this game that, again, make me feel better that this team can bounce back next year, uh, particularly guys like Leonard like Leonard Floyd having a day, which and I feel like we, we haven't seen enough of this year. There are also things that make me take a step back and say, you know, I don't know if this is going to get solved. And I think first and foremost there is it's just another awful game by the offensive line, particularly pass protection. Uh, there were some plays where they gave Baker some time and he didn't make plays, but sacked five times in this game, 27 – why am I even saying this? Uh, netted in 27 yards. The thing I want to talk about, Johnny, is – it's another turnstile performance from Rob Havenstein. And I, I tweeted out during the game that, like, I was like, oh, great, he sucks again. And somebody responded and said that he was the least of our concerns on the offensive line. And, you know, I think he's the most of our concerns. And this is why. I'm not saying he was the worst offensive lineman on the field tonight. But Brian, did Brian Allen come back or, or did he miss the, the, the whole game? I don't remember. I believe you missed the whole game. Okay, so no offensive linemen that played are actually NFL players. <laughs> you could argue that Coleman Shelton is. I certainly fucking won't. Um, and Rob Havenstein is an NFL player. He is, quote-unquote, our best offensive lineman. He's been here for the longest time. He's supposed to be a reliable guy. And... It, like other so many games this year, he's just looked bad. And this isn't the first time we've seen him look bad. He was awful in 2019 in his defense. He rebounded and he he's had a pretty good career since. But I this is the only guy that's out there that you are in the future expecting to be a core part of the offensive line, if not in a lot of ways your anchor. And he's certainly not a fucking anchor. Um, and, like, he's just getting beat multiple times this year just, like, one-on-one. -on -one. You know, it's not like he's he should be getting a double team and it's not there. Like, just guys coming off the edge and, and cooking him. And, <laughs> like, I don't know, man. This is not one of the players I want to be sitting here and talking about how bad they are. And you can, maybe, maybe I'm overreacting. Maybe it's the same re excuses that we've given Jalen Ramsey at times. And that the guys around him are so bad, you know, what do you want him to do? But it's also concerning when Jalen Ramsey's in one-on-one -on -one coverage and gets cooked. He's just not schemed as much to do it. As I would say, Havenstein is, uh, and in pass protection. Now, I am not – I would never consider myself an offensive line guru. I think you know a little more about NFL pass protection and all that than I do. But, like, am I overreacting here? Uh, yes and no. I, I feel like with uh, – because part of the, the issues with being uh, part of a cohesive offensive line unit is because you feed off of each other you know, you were able to understand, you know, your assignment plus help uh, other offensive linemen should, you know, the need be there. And in the case of, of uh, Rob Havenstein, he absolutely has zero sort of help. 
basically if he screws up, uh, you know, he, you know, for sure, he's not going to have any sort of help to help him either. So in a way you're, you're going from one year having a pretty damn good offensive line to basically having the world, the worst offensive line you've ever been a part of. So I do give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because it's definitely not the most ideal situation. But at the same time, you're definitely the most experienced offensive lineman there with hands down. You, you're supposed to be the best offensive lineman, and you can't really even say that based on his past performances uh, this season. Now, there have been times where I felt like he's done a pretty solid job and he doesn't get you know a pat on the head or anything because, well, for one thing, offensive linemen don't. But for another thing, you know, because the offensive line has performed so terribly, he's not going to get that pat on the head whenever he does a decent job. So in a way, I, I definitely hear your concern. And I, I, it is a concern because hopefully in 2023, the offensive line is a lot more stable than it is, uh, you know, this season. But you, you you don't want to have to question this moving forward. And it does bring a question, you know, going into the 2023 season, can we rely on, on Havenstein being this, uh, you know, solid right tackle again. And personally, I do think he will be, it just really depends on the cohesiveness of the offensive line in general. <sighs> Maybe, you know, in, in a lot, yeah, like there are games where he, he plays well this season. You know, it hasn't been this much of a turnstile every game, but for it to keep coming up is what concerns me. And also, like, yeah, we need continuity on the offensive line, but we, uh, our money currently is spent on basically three of these offensive linemen are actually making meaningful amounts of money. Brian Allen's only his his contract is not too big. Um, next couple of years he's making about seven eight million, and that's okay. And I think, you know, I I think he's been decent this year, all things considered. When he's been out there, the rest of that money is Rob Havenstein in twenty twenty three. His cap number is eight point seven million. Twenty twenty four, it's fourteen point seven million. Twenty twenty five, it's eleven. Point three million, um, twenty twenty six at six point nine, and you could, or no, I think that's a, that's a fully guaranteed six point nine. It looks like, so there's essentially no getting out of that contract, and across the line from him, we are paying Joe Nopum fifteen and a half next year. Uh, we are paying Joe Nopum seventeen in twenty twenty four. And we are paying. So that's that's basically the whole contract. Uh, and you can get out of him in 2024, but we're kind of locked into our tackles being Joe Nopum and Rob Havenside next year, at least financially. And that feels pretty shitty. That doesn't feel good. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast ditch the busy work use indeed for scheduling screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
one thing I think you can say is in terms of starters, you know, we, we, we talked about Brian Allen, for example. I think that you immediately feel when Brian Allen is not in the lineup, which is a good feeling in a way because it pretty much tells you that he's, he's a valuable offensive lineman and someone that you would look forward to having back 100% healthy in 2023. So, you know, it's kind of a very small thing to be excited about, but at the same time, you know, he is part of the building block of this offensive line. Maybe, you know, as, as far as Nopum goes, I think if he's healthy, he's fine. He's definitely no Andrew Whitworth, but the thing is when he's healthy and that's, that's a big concern, you know, because we've talked about this even during the off season that no boom is constantly getting hurt. So even if he does have a decent season, how much of it matters if he's on, you know, the IR, you know, that's kind of the, the big question there. And, Again, with Havenstein, maybe next year he, he does a little bit better with a little more chemistry and continuity there. But, you know, there's a revolving door at guard, and it's not going to get any better in 2023. More than likely, uh, we're going to have at least one different offensive guard next season, and that's not including the backups that they they may or may not have. So that that that's food for thought, you know. That's that's something to really consider because if you don't have chemistry, if you don't have continuity, it's going to be a, another struggle in 2023 and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, they they got to figure some shit out there. Um you know, it and no boom, you're you're pretty much locked into him next year but like if if you can bring in a tackle now he's not a great guard but it, it, it can be fine I think um if you have to like if you can get an anchor left tackle and as a result you have to put Joseph Nopum at guard I I would do it I think that that's a worthwhile trade-off but who knows what's gonna happen in the offseason let's run through some player stats for the Rams, Baker Mayfield in this game, 12 of 21, 111 yards, average 5.3 yards per pass, one touchdown, one interception, sacked five times for 27 yards. So, okay, now we can, and we, I'm sure we overacted a shitload on last week's podcast, but I think our takes were still pretty tame. I was seeing takes after last week's game that there was absolutely no shot he would be back on the Rams in 2023. Let's take it down seven notches. There is absolutely a world where this guy is our backup quarterback in 2023. There is no, like, I don't think he's getting a starting job. You know, he's obviously last week was great. And this game is in the freezing cold. You know, I'm not taking any big takeaways like that. But now that we've seen two weeks of it, okay, and how Baker Mayfield played in the last six minutes of last week's game isn't indicative of who he is as a quarterback in 2022. He might be back next year because it took months for somebody to actually give him a shot to be a starter this year. And that team cut him in the middle of the season. So I don't think he's going to be competing for a starting job anywhere unless Last five minutes, Baker Mayfield returns for the last, th- what are we at, three games the Rams have? this. Thank God. Uh, the last three weeks of Rams football. But, I I mean, it's been two weeks. And this was a pretty lackluster game. Did some things that look like you remembered why he was the number one pick. Did a lot more things that makes you remember why he got cut two weeks ago. Uh it's fine. It's not fine. It was wasn't good, but I, I think we could put the Baker is going to get a contract to compete for a starting job next year. We can probably lay that to rest. I think the the Baker talk last week 
it, it, it kind of was more indicative of who you were talking about uh, or who was talking about him because there were, you know, quite a few, you know, diehards, you know, the kind of fans that are more cheerleaders than they are, you know, realists. And I, I think part of it is, you know, if you're a fan, you, you obviously want to see the best light of your team. Um, and sometimes the, the quote unquote realists are the people that will just find anything to bitch and moan about. And those kinds of fans can be just as well annoying as the, the people that just cheerlead. So with the, (laughs) with the people that were kind of cheerleading a little bit for Baker Mayfield, I just I couldn't help but laugh because I I saw some people saying, "Oh, Baker Mayfield's going to replace Matthew Stafford." I'm like, "In what universe <laughs> is Baker Mayfield going to replace Matthew Stafford? A healthy Matthew Stafford?" Um it it just it, it was just so comical seeing that. Uh and, and you know, mind you, I didn't see a ton of people saying that, but I did see a few and I just I couldn't help but chuckle a little bit. Uh yeah, it was easy to get kind of get wrapped up in the hype of the Baker Mayfield uh, talk because, I mean, let's face it, he had a phenomenal game. Um, you know, he was able to uh, beat the Raiders uh, on very short notice, and, and that's that's great. You know, uh, well, I I think we talked about this last week. Um, you know, while the Raiders may not be you know an elite team by any means. You know, they were kind of the hot team at the time, uh, you know, getting several big victories uh, and another one this week against the Patriots. That was a kind of another funny one. Yeah, they karma came back around for them uh, yes. <laughs> from last week to this week. Uh, they had a fluke loss and they responded with a fluke win. Very much so. Very much so. And uh... <laughs> what? Jesus. So, on the flip side of that, we we got the the people that got overly involved and overly uh, happy for for uh, Baker Mayfield. Then you have people saying Baker sucks; he'll always suck, and you know he's he's uh, he's definitely not going to be the Rams' quarterback. A- and maybe there is a little truth to saying that he may not be a you know, future NFL starter, at least a consistent starter. Um, But I do think that Baker Mayfield has value. And I think there will be teams that will pay him higher, a a premium backup spot to have him just, you know, because the quarterback situation on certain teams is just not there. You know, I could see teams like the Denver Broncos are our next opponent. I, I I could see teams like that investing heavily in, in a guy like Baker Mayfield. I bet and you a million dollars he does not play for the Denver Broncos next year. I I I don't know, man. I mean, Russell Wilson isn't exactly killing it in Denver. Yeah, but and... they're he's doing horrible. I don't think they bring in backup competition like that. I think they I, I think you have to kind of run it back with him as a guy. I don't I don't know. Oh, oh no question. I, I think that they'll definitely name him the starter, but if he continues to spiral downward, I could see a universe where, you know, a team like the Broncos would be like, you know what, I don't even care anymore. Please take get us out of our misery. Uh, because, you know, as bad of a season as the Rams have had, I feel 10 times worse for a team like the Broncos because they had all this expectation only for them to flop even harder than the Rams did. Yeah, and they have nothing to show for it. No, we have we have the rings to show for that trade we made where we traded all our picks. Uh, it's going to be a hilarious Christmas game watching Brett Ripon probably suiting up quarterback for that game for them. Um, yeah, I, I I think they'll probably – I don't I actually don't know what they'll do with backup quarterback next year. But I don't think it'll be Baker. And, like, 
I agree. He's going to be a premium backup. He's going to be a high-end backup. I think it's going to be here. You know, I, I just, I don't know. Unless, like, unless a good team, like, unless the Chiefs come in and have money, like, to offer him, like, $7 million. I I don't know. Like, and you look at the teams that could potentially sign a, who either will be in the market for another quarterback, whether it be a bridge quarterback or somebody to compete for a starting job. Like, looking at the list, A, half these teams could have traded for him last year and didn't. And B, just running down the teams, he's not playing for the Jets. He's not playing for anyone in the AFC North. He's uh, probably not playing for the Titans. Not playing for the Colts. They could have acquired him this year. I, I think the Texans are going to draft somebody and play Davis Mills. It doesn't make sense to go any other route for them. If the Raiders move out from Carr, he's not going there. Uh, I don't think he's going to Denver. I don't think he's going to the Giants. I doubt he's going to Washington. Um, they could certainly use him. Yeah, they could. But I, I don't know. Like he's, I think I think he's not gonna. Like he is going to be a premium backup, but I don't think he's going to go to it. I don't know if there's a team where he could compete for the job that would make sense for him to go there. Like even like you look at the Saints, if they draft a quarterback, I think they just bring back Dalton as the bridge guy. And I don't know if they they switch that up. I I would one hundred percent take Baker Mayfield over Andy Dalton to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But I don't know. I, I I don't know because neither of those guys are their future. Dalton's already there. And Atlanta is possible because I doubt Mariota's back, and Ritter is certainly not the fucking answer. They're probably drafting somebody. Maybe he's their bridge guy. But I don't know. I think it's more likely that he ends up like here. Could end up in like Dallas, Minnesota. Um situations where he's not going to push for that job, but you want to compete. And so you want to have a backup who doesn't suck. And I would love him back. I hope he's back. I think we're trending I, in that I hope direction. He's back too. I, I would absolutely be ecstatic because it would be the first real backup we've had in quite some time. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I mean the only season we've went into with a real backup in the last I don't even know. Basically, however long I've been watching the Rams, since Mark Bulger, who wasn't a real backup at the time, was Blake Bortles that one year, and we didn't even get to see him play, and he basically never played again. So, you know, who knows how much of a real backup he actually was. Yeah, but... No, actually, what about uh, Sean Hill? No, dude. No, I don't (laughs) count Sean Hill. (laughs) I had to bring him up. I had to. (laughs) <laughs> he was considered like a decent pickup at the time, but I think he's was revealed to be Chase Daniel's predecessor. You know, he walked so Chase Daniel could run. <laughs> to be fair, when we got Hill, he was already pretty ancient. Yeah, no, he was it was like getting Chase Daniel now, I feel like. Which teams yeah. are still doing. I'll never, I'll never get it. I'll never get it. Uh... Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Uh, What do you think about Case Keenum? Was he a a true backup? No, because... 
he's a I I would probably classify him as a true backup now, but he was uh just kind of floating around when we got him. He, yeah. he started on the Texans. They cut him. We signed him. We cut him. Uh, he went back to the Texans. They cut him again, and then he he came in after during the Foles year and just ended up being pretty good. Um, and then yeah, so like I guess 2016 Case Keenum when he became the backup was a real backup, but I think that he was a bridge quarterback that year, not really a backup. Yeah, a lot of a lot of memories there. I take him back. I'd certainly take him back. <laughs> At this point, why not? <laughs> um, on the ground, we've talked a lot of shit about Cam Akers, so we gotta we gotta give him his flowers this week. Twelve carries for sixty-five yards. He added three catches for thirty-five yards. Led the team in rushing. Led the team in receiving. Um, pretty sure he had more than half of their yards in the game period. The only offensive player, really, to bring it today. I think this was his best game of the year. Star, you know, we get this version of Cam Akers every week. He might be a guy next year. You know, it was a very impressive performance. Um, I I was happy with what I saw for the most part, though you kind of have to take into account that uh, this was one area that, well, uh, let me rephrase that. This is a area that the Packers have just absolutely struggled with this year is, you know, uh, run defense. And, uh, you know, it wasn't exactly perfect because the offensive line just wasn't giving much of anything. Um, but, you know, got to give him his credit still because, hey, he he uh he did make some plays, got himself a a touchdown. Uh so yeah, I, I hope to see this continue. I mean, one of the things that, that we kind of harped on was seeing some type of improvement, which for the most part, ever since he's come back, I feel like each week he's gotten better and better. So there is something to be said for that. You know, that's not nothing. And um yeah, hopefully that continues. He did not score a touchdown in this game. That was Higby, but he... Oh, that's right. It was Higby. But he basically put them on his back on their last... Uh, or was was it the touchdown drive? Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. a touchdown drive. How he... could I forget that? that? I mean, that was probably the most insane stat I had seen all year. That the Rams were the only team that didn't have a touchdown by a tight end this season. I didn't even realize that he didn't score this year because he had a couple games where he he put up decent numbers. I can't believe he never scored. Yeah, yeah. I I was I was shocked. I I didn't even know what to think of that. I'm like, I don't know if that's impressive or if that's just freaking sad. Uh because <laughs> I you know, you would think that this team would rely a lot on their tight ends more because of the injuries to the receiving core. But, yeah, you see a stat like that and you're just puzzled as to why that happens. And you're right, earlier this season, it looked like Tyler Higby was becoming, you know, a, a pretty good tight end in the league and he just disappears I mean, it kind of made sense when you had, you know, um, the backup quarterbacks going in, you know, the carousel of them. <sighs> yeah, but a, congrats to the guy he got he got in. Uh, yeah, I traded for him in a fantasy league uh, <laughs> after Cup got hurt because I had Zach Ertz and he got hurt, and I was like, guy's gonna soak up targets. Like all they're gonna do is throw him the fucking ball. Nope. They never throw him the fucking ball. Uh, so it was a relief to get him into the end zone finally. So maybe I can justify that trade. But, yeah, it, first time in weeks it felt like he was on the field. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really no other notable stats at all in the receiver core. 
Van Jefferson caught both of his targets for 32 yards. Tutu, uh, not his best day, but we'll give him a pass because he's, he's had a couple good weeks. Skoranek, after turning into Randy Moss last week, uh, turned into Titans Randy Moss because you forgot he was a thing. Yep. Um, I think that's about it for offense. I don't know, I don't know unless you want to talk about more alignment. I, I can't bear talking more about this offensive line. It was just, yeah. <laughs> uh, defensively, you know, I, I'll give them credit. Like, it, it's crazy. Like, they only held them to 24 points, but that's partially on them for giving up so many yards. Uh, <laughs> it was a weird defensive game. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Leonard Floyd, though, on a positive note. Monster game from him, two sacks. Uh, Greg Gaines also had a sack in there to bring it up to three on on the day. But I feel like Floyd, and maybe I'm wrong, like the pass rush has been not great this year. And I think that's partly on him. Uh, He hasn't had a great year. He hasn't been really worth the, the money we're paying him. But... Good to see him back, especially in a game like this where we don't have Aaron Donald out there. And no, his other games this year that were pretty good came when Aaron Donald was out there. So I'll give him some props. I don't know if anyone else on the defense is really worth uh, touting much today. Mm, not really. Uh, I mean, I... I will give a little bit of credit to some of the backup defensive linemen because obviously we haven't had a healthy defensive line in in quite some time. Greg Gaines has been the only guy that's been relatively healthy for most of the season, though he missed a couple games, if I'm not mistaken. Um, (laughs) So it it was kind of nice seeing, you know, even though they they didn't really – put together, you know, big stats or anything, but it was nice seeing, you know, uh, guys like uh, Bobby Brown and Ernest Brown out there, you know, um, you know, being around the ball. It, it sounds, it sounds like I'm grasping at straws, but really I do see that as a good thing because that means, you know, there is progression there, you know, there, because if you were to ask me about either one of these guys, at the start of the season, I'd be like, they're still on the team. You know, and, and yeah. the fact that, you know, there are starting to be contributors to this team, I think that is a positive moving forward because, you know, we don't we don't really know what, what's going to happen with this uh, roster, especially uh, defensively. There are some big, big decisions to be made. So, um, you know, some of these guys are probably going to be asked to step up and – and here's hoping that, you know, they can t- continue to develop and progress. Yeah, uh, Michael Hoy had a nice game, I thought. Um, it, it's good experience for all of them. And, yeah, it's nice to see these guys flying around out there. And I, I'm also forgetting, too, like, a lot of the drives started at midfield or better for Green Bay. And so, like, you know, it wasn't the best defensive game, but I, I – kind of blame it more on the offense being lifeless and a bad special teams game. Yeah. <laughs> I I can't really fault the defense too much when they're pretty much out there more than they should be. Yeah, I mean, the Packers receivers didn't do a ton. Romeo Dobbs led the way, five catches, 55 yards. The secondary held up. You know, Joe Ramsey had that had that fumble recovery. Do we? Did he force that too? He did. Good for him. Um, Taylor Rapp had an interception. Though that was a freebie. Anyone you want to call out positively or negatively on the defensive side? Um, I I. I don't really know if I should call them out negatively, but um, I gotta, I gotta call out negatively Greg Gaines for um, it didn't turn out to matter too much, but 
kind of boneheaded penalties. And keep in mind, it's not just great gains. It was uh, several players on both sides of the football that were just making just awful, awful penalties. It's sometimes penalties are necessary. You know, it sucks when you get them, but you know, it's necessary to do them. Um, but in the cases of boneheaded penalties, like the, um, the unnecessary roughness call that, that he did against Alan Lazard in that, you know, turnover with Jalen Ramsey, it, it was just so dumb and pointless. And it's like, I, I get it. The, the tensions were high between this team, which oddly enough was part of the only excitement this game had was the, the chippiness between both teams. <laughs> I mean, it's reality, but, (laughs) but with Craig Gaines, like that type of thing, you can't have happen. You know, this is a guy that while maybe he's not too much of an older veteran on this team, he is still, you know, somebody that is in a somewhat of a leadership role at this point. And for him to do something like that is just dumb, you know? Uh, especially because it was such a crucial point. You know, this was somewhat of a second chance for the Rams to, you know, maybe fight back. Uh, Ultimately didn't lead to that. But uh, pointless penalties like that ruin any hope of, you know, making a difference here. And, yeah, that that was a costly penalty. And I, I just hope to see this get cleaned up again. I can accept certain penalties and understand some penalties because of the amount of changes to the personnel and uh, you know, again, lack of cohesion, but yeah, things like that. I cannot understand and definitely get a little annoyed about. Yeah. And like it's, it's habits you don't want to set during a bad season. And it's why it's why like it is important to have good coaching in in a bad year because if you have a bad locker room, players are going to pick up bad habits. Hopefully, when you have the good coaches staff in place, they could tell them to knock this shit off. But you know, hopefully they do. I do want to correct myself, Johnny. I said Brett Ripon was going to play the Rams on Christmas, but Russell Wilson is confirmed to play. So. This begs me to ask a question. Uh, Aaron Donald hasn't played in a couple weeks. He's not on the IR. Do you think he's going to play on Sunday to ruin Russell Wilson's Christmas? (laughs) I bet Russell Wilson hopes he doesn't play. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's actually a chance he plays because of this. And uh, he just got announced to make the Pro Bowl. Not that this is a Pro Bowl game, but... We didn't know if he'd get in there. He's in there. Ninth straight year. Every year of his career. That That's literally just because of his name. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as far as... I I personally would, wouldn't want him in there. If I had to guess the reason why he's playing or may play is because uh, Aaron Donald's a competitor. And I imagine that every game that he hasn't played has been kind of torture for him because this, this is a guy that likes to go out there and compete. So I, uh, it's hard to really fault the guy because, you know, especially you, you don't want to discourage anyone that wants to play for the team, especially after this season. It would be totally understandable if Aaron Donald's like, why jeopardize my career when, you know, clearly this team isn't going anywhere, especially now. But the fact that he wants to go in, he wants to earn his money. I think that that's a sign of a true leader. I think that's awesome. But if I had it my way, I'd shut him down for the season. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And the only reason I'm saying he might play is because they haven't IR'd him, which I'm not really sure why they haven't, but Make my Christmas better if I got to watch him. Although, not if he got hurt. So, knock on wood, I just leave him out of here. With this type of season, anything could happen. <laughs> anything else you'd like to hit before we wrap up? 
Uh, end the suffering. <laughs> Three more weeks of this. Next week's uh, going to be tough if we lose, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, pretty much this... I, I don't know if you could technically say this, but this sort of decides who's, like, the worst team in the NFL. Uh, Second worst. Not quite, but it might as well be, to be honest. I would say for this, it's a ba- battle for the second worst because the Texans are horrible. And yet somehow they were able to take the Chiefs into overtime. Wild. I, I, I don't know how. That That is a perfect tanking performance by them in that game, man. <laughs> Took it just down to the wire, but didn't finish it. That's a, that is exactly what you want. Although they... I think they have to win out to not get the number one pick. Yeah, that... <laughs> I, I was, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of hoping the Texans would somehow pull it off. Uh, but, you know, Texans got a Texans. Texans got a Texans. I was really far away from the mic there, I'm sorry. I want to look up the the Rams currently would have the fourth pick, Denver third. So, yeah, this is a, this is a big game for the tanking rankings. And <laughs> neither of us are making these picks, so <laughs> they don't really care. Yeah, that, <laughs> that says it all right there. Insane. Four out of the top 12 teams right now in the bottom of the draft order traded their picks. And this is kind of a NFL draft that you would kind of want these picks. And not, not just for obviously the Rams would want it because they're t- terrible this season, but because I feel like this this. Uh, NFL draft has a lot more talent in this class than especially if you compare it to last year. So, yeah, it would be nice to have that first round pick. Though it probably would have been traded away anyway. Though underrated development is that um, our pick will be one higher than you would think because the Dolphins forfeited their pick trying to sign Sean Payton. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's uh that's interesting um yeah you're you're uh your favorite coach of all time future rams coach apparently sean payton oh god that's right I, when that when that news story broke last week i i sent that to steve and i was like this this would probably be the end of Steve as a Rams fan. Yeah, it might be the end of the podcast if we sign Sean Payton. <laughs> you would have to show up at least one more time just to uh, just to show your displeasure of that signing. I've never been more concerned about Sean McVay retiring than after that report came out. Because if he retires, they probably would fucking hire this guy. I mean, to be fair, he'd probably be the best candidate at the moment. Anyone's better. He's a fucking fraud. Well, not anyone. He's better than McDaniels. Um, yes, I would take him over McDaniels any day. I. Anyone else, man? <laughs> don't. <laughs> don't make me do it. <laughs> hear that? Hear that, Rams? <laughs> Steve is threatening to his random. God. All right. Well, it's past midnight here. I'm not even going to play the outro music. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.